pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for this season, Lord, that you came down to earth and uh, lived for us and died for us, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for, for your life, your sacrifice. Lord, we just uh, ask you to be with this service and uh, with the worship team and with Jason today, Lord. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I had uh, all prepared out a different uh, opening, but you know this, I had to check my, check my calendar. This is the last Sunday before Christmas. So I figured I'd better read uh, the, uh, the good news Jesus came, was born. We celebrate on the 25th whether that's the day he was born or not. I don't know, but we uh, have to celebrate it. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Um, we're just going to start with 2-1. And it came to pass in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, you know, I wrote down a few thoughts about that whole thing. You know, Jesus' parents were kind of anonymous. Nobody knew. Uh, they were just another young couple with a baby in this town. Of course, that didn't stay that way for long. Uh, those those uh, three shepherds out in the field were visited by uh, a host of angels. I mean, could you imagine? Uh, I mean, all of heaven in your workplace all of a sudden. You know, they didn't have flashlights. They didn't have lights, and the glory of the Lord showed shone around them. I think I would have been scared too. I probably would be a little bit scared today if that happened. In the middle of the night, they're out there in the field and all of a sudden there's a host of angels singing. I'd be amazed, scared and amazed. Just 
uh, amazed. Uh, you know, and he said, unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Um, do you wonder if they thought a Savior? Was that a normal word to them back then? You know, I think that the Holy Spirit was with them, so they understood. But today, you know, if we said Savior, well, we need a Savior. I mean, I think they'd understand if you were drowning or uh, something was going on, but I don't think that they connect saving or Savior with our sin, why Jesus came here. Uh, a Savior, Jesus has come to rescue us. I mean, that's how you put it. He rescued us. Just like they understand saving from drowning or car accident or fire or something. He did come and rescue us from the consequences of our sin. Uh, thank you, Lord. So the best way, uh, so I said they were kind of anonymous. And the reason I think that is they were of the lineage of David. In the town of David, I mean, if they would have said who they were, I would think that somebody would have made room. But Jesus came humbled. You know, humble beginnings, humble life. And you know, the best way I think to, to, to celebrate Christmas is to believe on Jesus as your Savior. That's... Pretty much all I had. Uh, we pray and have the worship team come forward. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord, and we just ask you to be with us as we worship you, Lord, in song. Lord, we just ask you to be with the worship team. Just bless them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I am going to try and stand up here and not cry the whole morning. And if this would have been about four or five days ago, I probably would have because I was lacking in the sleep department just a little bit. I did get a new hip. I have some new body parts. I also have a new apparatus here. <laughs> and I'm looking for people as they stand up and walk that when I'm done with it, you can have it. But God is good. God is so good. I'm excited to have a new hip. Yes, it went well. Yes, I did not know what to expect. I've never done this before. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. It feels, but it never really hurt as bad as I thought. Maybe it could. So, but now it's not my hip that hurts. It's just my leg where they cut it open to put a new one in. So I am very thankful <clears throat> Excuse me, to be here this morning. Christmas season. It's Christmas season. Merry Christmas. I know that seems, <clears throat> I haven't really said that very much, but it's, it's in five days. In five days, we're going to celebrate uh, the greatest gift that we ever received. Ray, I appreciate your opening. We're going to read it again, because that's what we're going to do today. And I was studying and trying to figure out what to share and where to go this morning, but we are going to talk about the Christmas story. It just seems that it would only be right to do so, and I was really Hoping to be able to be up here this morning. Uh, we thought about having a chair, but I thought, you know what, this thing's pretty solid. I think I can lean on that if I need to. Plus, it feels good to move around just a little bit. So, I would do, do appreciate your guys' prayers. It's been amazing 
the, the, just the, I know the prayers have been there, and uh, we really do appreciate that. And, and I know uh, it gives a new meaning to the verse that says the peace that passes all understanding, because when I'm, going, when I'm not going through something, but I'm watching somebody else go through something, I don't understand how that works. How in the world do people have peace like that? But then you go through something, even though it was planned, it was not an emergency, but you start to understand just a little bit more of what that really means when the verse in the Bible that says, the peace that passes all understanding. We can't understand it. But you know what? That's okay. We don't have to understand it because my God understands it, and he is willing to give it when it is needed. I am so thankful for that. This is an exciting time of year. It's also a very different time of year for everybody. Because for me, Christmas time means that we get to spend time together as a family. Both sides, I am blessed to, to be able to spend time with, with my side of the family and my wife's side of the family. And we all get along pretty good. Right, Joel? We'll be together for an afternoon. But I am blessed to be able to do that. And I know that Christmas is different for everybody because that is not the case in everybody's family. And I have a hard time understanding that because I don't know what that's like. But I understand that sometimes this time of year may be a little bit difficult for some people as well. If you don't get to spend time with your family, you can spend time with your church family. You can spend time with Jesus. He's always there for us to spend time with. And so if you, don't have, if you don't have family here physically that you can spend time with, you can always spend time with Jesus. And don't ever forget that. He's always there willing to spend time with us if we are willing to do so. We get to celebrate this week the greatest gift that was ever given. Where do you think we get the idea of giving gifts? It's because God gave his son. He sent his son here for us. The greatest gift that we could ever imagine. And at the time that it came, nobody really understood what it was or who he was or what was going on. So we are going to read Luke chapter 2 again. Ray set it up for us this morning, and we are going to continue on to that. Luke, again, chapter 2 and verse 1 through 20. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn." Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us know how let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for this time of year that we can celebrate the greatest gift that you ever gave us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to remember what that gift is and why we celebrate. Just guide us, Lord, as we look into your word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Jesus coming into the world, the very beginning of God's plan to save us is happening right here in Luke chapter 2. It's always, to, it's always amazing to me to read through that story. You can, did you know that it's in the Bible the whole year and you can read it other times than just now? You can read it. It's always there. But it's amazing to me to read that and watch God's plan of salvation as it begins right here, the very beginning of Christ's coming, the greatest gift that was ever told that ever was given. God had a specific plan at a specific time for a specific purpose. And this is what is happening right here in Luke chapter 2. He is sending Jesus as a baby in a way. Now, if you would have guessed, if I would have been able to guess how this would have happened, this would not have been my first choice. Because people kept thinking, people that knew the scripture, people that had, had read or had the scripture read to them, they knew that there was a promise of a Messiah to come. They had been hearing this for years. Hundreds and hundreds of years they've been hearing there is going to be a Messiah. Yes, a Messiah is going to come. Yes, a Messiah is going to come. And if parents and families did their jobs the way the Old Testament encouraged them to, it was to share continually what God has done for you. Share continually the scriptures that foretold what was going to happen. And so I know there were still people that, that knew of this, but of course, any, for me, anything Something takes more than about a year, I tend to forget. It doesn't even probably take a year. It's probably more like a month. And I probably forget. Well, yeah, somebody did say something about that, but I kind of forgot because it took so long for it to actually happen. This took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to be fulfilled. But people that were reading the scripture that they had at that time, people that were sharing with their children how they were supposed to and passing things on and, and passing those memories on and those... Uh, things that had happened, they would still have remembered that a Messiah was yet to come. God had a specific plan for a specific time, for a specific purpose. And you know, it's the same thing for you and me today, is that God for you has a specific plan for right now because you're living here right now. And he has a specific purpose for your life. And sometimes it's really hard to see what that might be. There's a lot of craziness going on right now in our world. But I got to thinking back in reading in Luke chapter 2, why was, Dave, or why was Joseph in Bethlehem to begin with? Why was he there? 
because a census had been called for and he was forced to go along with a lot of other people because there was no room anywhere. And isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic that the night that... I better be careful. Fall off the stage. The night that Jesus is to be born, the streets are cram-packed with people because of a census, because of something that had nothing to do with the foretold Messiah. And here we are, ready to celebrate Christmas again this year, as we do every year. And you know what town is like? There's a lot of people in town. You know, the enemy, I've said before, the enemy takes whatever God has made, and he makes a counterfeit. And he thinks, wow, look at this. Jesus was came as a baby. Most people missed it. Now, that's my cane bopping around. Oops. Now, people are bustling around, forgetting the reason that we are celebrating Christmas. When Jesus was born, people were doing the same thing because they were there for another purpose, because they'd been called there. Isn't that ironic? And don't you suppose that the enemy says, hey, it worked the first time when he came, everybody missed him, let's just continue that every single year, and let's commercialize this whole thing of Christmas so that people won't remember why we celebrate Christmas, so people will forget the gift that was given to us at Christmas time. It's nothing new. Nothing is new. It's been happening for years and years and it will continue to happen until Christ comes again. But the reminder is that God has a specific plan for your life in the same way that it was very specific the day and the time and who it was and when it was and what was happening in the world when Jesus was born into the world. He has just as specific a plan for your life as he did for that for when Jesus came, and just as specific of time, which maybe is now because you're living here, and a specific purpose. He's got a reason for you being here. It's very easy to get caught up in the busyness of our season. I, and, you know, maybe not for me, not this year, because I've been at home a lot. But Normally, it's really easy to get so caught up in what's going on that we just get frustrated because there's not enough time in the week to do all the things that we need to do to get ready to have family over or to go to families or to get all the gifts that we need to get. And there's just, I just don't have enough time. And you know what happened? In a very subtle way, we just completely forgot the whole reason that we get together. And let's not forget it. Let's, yes, there's nothing wrong with getting gifts for people. There's nothing wrong with receiving gifts from people but let's not forget why we do it. And if we go so overboard that we forget the reason that we celebrate, then I really think and believe we need to take a step back and say, hold on, let's reevaluate why we are doing what we're doing. Are we still accomplishing God's purpose for our lives? And, and the, are, are we still allowing our light to shine to other people even amidst all of this craziness that happens this time of year anyways it's always busy this time of year no matter what's going on let's not lose sight of the real reason that we celebrate i want to read a couple verses out of john john chapter one go this way you know jesus was sent 
and born in Bethlehem, and a lot of people missed him. It wasn't that there wasn't people that didn't know he was coming. They just didn't know how he was going to come. They didn't know what it was supposed to look like, and they just missed it. Or maybe they thought it should look like something different. I'm sure you've never experienced where you thought something should look one way, and God said, well, actually, this is really how it should be. It would be better if it was this way. And sometimes we can be disappointed by things like that. But John, John chapter 1 In verses 10 through 13, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He came, he was in the world, And the world didn't even know who he was. He came to his own. He came to the Jews. And they did not even know who he was. They didn't even accept who he was. But it says, as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. See, this is the whole reason that he came in Bethlehem and was born as a baby. This this kicked off... God's plan of salvation. He had to come. He came to be flesh so that he could understand everything that we deal with and that we go through. He could understand physical pain. He could understand physical or emotional pain, and he could understand everything that we deal with. This is why he came. Another verse in John chapter 12. Verses 37 through 41. John 12, 37, it says, But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. This is in Isaiah. This is back in the Old Testament. And this is what is being predicted that is going to happen. When Jesus came, his people's eyes were blinded. You see, when Jesus lived here, people could see him. People could see what he was doing. And, And God doesn't always want us to believe because we can see what's happening. He doesn't always, he he wants us to believe him because we trust him that he's going to take care of us, not just that we can see with our eyes physically that he's going to take care of us, because that'd be a whole lot easier to do if we could actually see what's going to happen, that he, we could see that he physically healed the blind man, or he healed the lame man, or he he, he fed the 5,000. If we could physically see, it would be a lot easier to believe. But, but he wants us to trust him. He wants us to have faith that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. We didn't have the option of seeing these things happen with our eyes. But do we still believe? Do you still believe? Will we still believe that this really happened? We didn't see it happen. We weren't there. I wasn't there. If we would have been there, we would have missed it anyway. So I don't know if it would have done any good. There's a little, um, I'm going to go a little bit farther in Luke chapter 2. Um, 
people that, and I said this earlier, but people that could read, not everybody could read in that day, or people that had heard the scripture read to them, they knew that the Old Testament would, was filled with predictions of a Messiah that was to come. And so they had heard these things over and over again. If, like I said before, if, if people had done, have done the job of passing from generation to generation what's supposed to happen and what's been prophesied, there are certain people that would still know. We're going to jump to uh, Luke chapter 2, still in chapter 2, but there's verses 25 through 35. Verse 20, uh, Luke 2, verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was, a ju- was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the chi- in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things, those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, the child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your soul, own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Here's a guy, Simeon. Simeon has lived his whole life, and Simeon is one of the people that the, the message has successfully been passed from generation to generation. He understands what's happening. He knows that there's still supposed to be a Messiah. And it says very specifically that the Holy Spirit was with him. And the Holy Spirit had showed him that he was not going to die until he had seen the Messiah. And I'm sure Simeon is getting, it doesn't say exactly how old he is, but he's been around for quite a while. He's a just and devout man. He is like a remnant of the people of Israel that still believed and and knew that a Messiah was coming. Because everybody didn't miss it. There were still some people that believed it and knew it was happening. And this Simeon is to represent one of those people. But the Lord had told him, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And so I don't know what's going through Simeon's mind. I don't know what he thinks the Messiah might look like. How is he going to come? What, you know, where, when? All he knew is he wasn't going to die until it happened. And he believed it. And so here on this particular day, when Joseph and Mary brought baby Jesus, they had brought him to be circumcised, and then the the process in the temple that had to be done after a baby was born, they were there that day. The Holy Spirit had showed Simeon, you need to go there this day, because I'm sure he had gone many other days in anticipation of what he was going to find. And so the Holy Spirit guides Simeon there on this day to this child that is at the temple on this day. And he knows right away, this is the Messiah. Now, it's interesting to me If I have been waiting for 80 plus years for a Messiah, I probably would have in my mind what it would look like or maybe what my expectations of it would be. And I doubt that it would have been a newborn baby. I don't know. But, you know, Simeon, it does say, was a just and devout man. And he maybe didn't have any expectations. But when he walked into the temple that day and he saw Jesus as a baby, he knew that this was the Messiah. He knew without a doubt that this was the Messiah that he had been waiting for, that God had allowed him to stay alive long enough to meet the Messiah. What a, what a, how exciting would that be? And you, you know, you're not going to take the time to think, oh my goodness, you know, 
ooh, it's just a baby. It's going to be years before anything's going to happen with this kid. No, that's not what was going on. He was so excited to be able to actually live long enough to meet the Messiah. Would that be enough for me to be that excited to meet the Messiah, even though it was only probably a not very old baby? He had the knowledge of Scripture. He had the knowledge of the coming Messiah and the promise that he would get to, the Messiah, to see the Messiah before he died. And it's interesting some of the things that he says, that Simeon says. He says uh, in verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Well, what do you mean this wasn't salvation? But yeah, but this was the beginning. This was the fulfillment of the promise of a Messiah, and he didn't have to see it. He knew because he had read Scripture, and he knew what was going on, and the Holy Spirit had shown him this is the promised Messiah. So regardless of what happens from here on out, this is the promise being fulfilled right in front of your eyes. Verse 32 says, A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. See, a lot, of the, a lot of God's people, the Jewish people, thought that it was only for them. But yet, it wasn't just for them. He came for everybody. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. I want to read Psalm 98, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 98, 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Everyone's going to see salvation. Matthew Chapter 4 and verse 16. And this is again referring back to what the prophet Isaiah said. Matthew 4:16 says, "The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light." Has dawned. Even if you want to go back to where the shepherds were sitting in the darkness before the angels came to declare to them the birth of Christ, they're sitting in darkness, and all of a sudden it's illuminated as though it were day because the glory of God was there sharing about the birth of a Savior. But yet today we still can, we, we can still sit in darkness today. We can still choose to sit in darkness if we choose to ignore what the Messiah has come for, what he's come to do. And let's not choose to sit in that darkness. One more verse that I want to read is, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 42. And verses 5 through 9. Isaiah 42, verse 5 says, Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, 
who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. I am the Lord, and that is my name. And I will not give my glory to any carved image. Praise the Lord. He sent his son at Christmas time, the greatest gift for us, if we're willing to believe. How exciting is that? And I don't feel that it would be right to go on any farther unless I shared just very briefly the whole reason that he came. He sent his son as a baby to fulfill the promise of a Messiah. The first two chapters of Luke talk about that, and then it jumps right into his ministry. Jumps right into Jesus' ministry and what he does while he's here. The miracles that he does, the people, the teachings that he teaches, the people that he sees, raising people from the dead, and ultimately going to the cross to die for our sins, yours and mine. And then on the third day, to be raised again. You know, Christmas is a time that we celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given. Ever given. Never will that be equaled. But what are you going to do with that gift? Because he's given it. It's two-sided. God gave the gift. He gave his son as the gift. But the other side of it is that you have to be willing to receive the gift. Today is the day of salvation. Three things to accept the gift. It doesn't cost anything. It's a free gift. But the first thing is you've got to admit that you're a sinner. We all are. We were born that way. If you think that man is basically good on the inside when they're born, it don't work that way. David and Jenny, you're going to find out here in just not too long. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. It is hard to admit. It's like admitting that you're wrong. But we are. We were born sinners. The second one is to believe on Jesus Christ. To believe who Jesus is. To believe what he's done for you and what he's done for me. Admit that you're a sinner and believe who Jesus is. And the third one is to confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's really very simple. It doesn't mean that your life is going to change and just become easy. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be hard, though, either. It has really nothing to do with that. It's really all about whether you're willing to accept the gift that was given, the reason that we're celebrating the Christmas season right now, the gift of the Messiah as a baby was given. That gift was given. It's been extended to you. 
And now the question that I want to give to you is, are you willing to receive it? Are we willing to live our life? Simeon lived his entire life with that goal in mind. He knew that he was going to meet the Messiah. He knew it. And he got to meet him as a baby. And then he died. That's it. It's the only time he met him. It's all it talks about right there. But he lived his whole life in anticipation of that. We have the, we have the word we, get to read, we can read this any day, any hour of any week that we want to. And we can call somebody on the phone and we can talk about different things and discuss different things and ask questions. But what are you going to do with that gift? What are you going to do with the gift of the Messiah that God gave? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to accept it? Or are you just going to let it sit there? And are we going to continue to be distracted by the things that are happening in our world today? Now, this is something I want you to... This is the whole reason that we even meet. Is right here. Yes, we want to strengthen. We want to encourage one another. But if we miss this point, if we miss the fact that Jesus was born and he lived and he died and he was raised again, we have missed the entire reason that we're here. And I will not miss the opportunity to share that when I get a chance to do that. This is why we're here. We're going to have a special song that they're going to sing here in just a little bit. I'm going to go sit down again. But if, if, if God is talking to you, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, and you want to know, you want to know for sure that you are a child of God. We're going into Christmas season. The greatest gift that's been given, if you want to know for sure that you have accepted that, or if you never have and you would like to accept that, I would want you to come up here. I'm going to be sitting up here on the front bench. They're going to sing a song, and during that time, if you want to come up here, you are more than welcome to. If you don't want to come up here, find your parent or somebody, adult that you trust, somebody that you trust, and talk to them about it. Don't let this moment escape you. Can we do it tomorrow? Yes, we can do it tomorrow. You're right. But we don't have any promise of tomorrow. We, have, we are right here and right now. We don't even have the promise for the rest of today. Today is the day of salvation. If you guys want to come up and sing that song, when they're done with the song, you can be dismissed. Uh, if you want some prayer for something or if you have questions... Don't hesitate to come. Don't hesitate to ask. We're here. Jumping right off of that. Um, I love Christmas, love Christmas songs. But even I can get into an autopilot mode of singing Christmas songs. And you don't even stop and realize what you're singing and the power behind them. Um, a random song is like, God rest you, merry gentlemen. I always love the little pictures of like the dudes in the top hats and tail, like coattails. And they always look cool, and I never realized really what the words were. And that first line, it says, God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And like realize that that is tidings of comfort. Like, wow. Um, today we're going to sing Oh Holy Night, which is like everyone knows that song, right? Um, but in the third verse, it says, chains shall he break, 
And I was realizing those chains are already broken. When he came and he lived and he died and he rose, he already broke those chains. And I just, it, it just gets me when I like stop and look at those. And it says, in his name, all oppression will cease. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, and it finishes up with, let all within us praise his holy name. I mean, I just, I say exact same thing as you. I mean, my favorite um, phrase in this one is a thrill of hope. And I just think that's like such a beautiful turn of phrase and like word picture there. Um, And right after that, it says a weary world rejoices. I don't know about you. Sometimes this world right now can feel a little bit weary. But you know what? We can rejoice because of exactly what we're celebrating right now, that we have a Savior and that he did come and that he gave us the victory. And so as we sing this song, I just want you to think about the words and just kind of absorb them. A little marinate a little bit and just enjoy them and it's uh it's just really great to like be able to praise the lord um with each other and with you guys so thank you oh holy night the stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. 
All right, everybody, have a good week. Have a Merry Christmas, and the Lord bless you as you go from here. You are dismissed.